From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News. I'm Michelle Blackwell. The 34th Mendocino Coast Writers Conference was held August 3rd through 5th at the K-8 School on Little Lake Road in the town of Mendocino. It was the second in-person conference post-shutdown and drew 100 participants, getting it close to pre-pandemic levels, which peaked in 2019 at 122. Lisa Lacasho Nighthawk took over as executive director after the 2018 conference. She is here to talk about what's changed and what's stayed the same. Lisa, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Last year was the first conference that was back in person. You had two online conferences during the worst of the pandemic. Were you able to draw enough of an audience to cover the costs of running the conference? Our online conferences were really successful, but the the truth about the Mendocino Coast Writers Conference is that our participant fees never cover the whole cost of the conference. And so they they particularly didn't when we were online. We have continued to persist in large part due to the kindness and generosity of our donors and the grants that we receive. Let's talk a little bit about the scholarship program. It's always been a mainstay in bringing new voices into the conference. How many winners did you have this year? And who are they and where are they from? This year we had 19 scholarship winners and they are from all over California and the country. We had a number of actually local high school students, which we're really proud of. I think that the final number was three. We do offer and really aggressively recruit local high school students from Mendocino County and particularly from the coast to attend our conference. And uh, that's always a little bit of an uphill battle because often, you know, this is a new idea, what a writing conference is or why why you would spend three days of your summer uh, talking and thinking about writing. The rest of our scholarship recipients come from places as far flung as London. We also have one from Western Canada and then a lot of people from the Bay Area, different parts of California. We have scholarship winners in just about every genre offered by our conference. And we have a number of memorial scholarships and named scholarships for members of our community that we're proud to award. Both Lisa and the conference board president, Georgina Marie Guardado, the Lake County Poet Laureate, are past scholarship winners. When we spoke in 2019, one of your main goals was to expand the diversity of the faculty and the participants. Do you feel like you've accomplished that goal? The answer is yes. And I also, over the course of my time here, have just really thought really deeply about what the concept of diversity means, right? So we often apply the word diversity first and foremost to racial or ethnic diversity. And that is a really important and really visible manifestation of diversity. But there are lots of other valences of diversity, diversity of age, diversity of class is a big one that can often be somewhat uh, invisible. So I want our focus on diversity to be focused on as many different metrics as possible. You know, we do have, I think, by any assessment, a more diverse conference than we did when I took over. This year, our faculty are 31% Black American, 23% Asian American, and 46% white. So that's that's pretty good. I'm pretty pleased with that. And we also have great age and gender identity and sexual orientation diversity in both our students and our faculties. My goal continues to be, and I think the hardest nut to crack, is bringing in a diverse local population. So we both want 
as many locals as possible, regardless of diversity. And then we would also love to diversify our local outreach. I still feel that although our wonderful conference has been around for 34 years and we do our best to get the word out, I meet people every time I'm here in the county, which is quite frequently, who've never heard of the Mendocino Coast Writers Conference. You know, we want the community to know that we're here and we're dedicated to serving the local community and to having a big tent that we can bring as many people into as possible. You steered the conference through a difficult period during the pandemic. I'm sure you had to cut costs to stay afloat. Is there one thing you'd like to bring back if you had the funding? Another kind of paradox or irony is that an online conference is actually much cheaper to run than an in-person conference. For us, the transition back to in-person, I mean, we knew we were going to take a financial hit and a loss and that it would probably be a multi-year process. I think for this, our 2023 conference, we have like restored pretty much everything that had been stripped back. I mean, the conference is a fairly tight machine. And so there's not one element that we would pull out that, you know, would save us some huge amount of money. I think what we would love would just be to feel like we're continuing to grow, not just in the numbers of people who are coming, but in terms of our relationship with the community. And I think that that's one of the hardest things about coming back from having been online. So how much of the conference is funded by participant fees? We're about 40% funded by participant fees. So that that other 60% is coming from donors and grants. And that has been the case for a while. It is even more evident how important our existence as a nonprofit organization that is supported by donors is to our continued existence. You also receive funding from some of the local foundations or from institutional art grants. We've been really lucky to receive support in the form of a couple of different grants from the Community Foundation, and we also have been lucky in the last two years to have the support of the Anonymous Fund at the East Bay Community Foundation. And then we've received multiple funds from the Nonprofit Cultural Institutions Program of the California Small Business COVID-19 Relief Grant Program, and that is a state administration grant. Do you have a sense of how much tourism the conference drives on the coast? I believe it to be substantial because I would say the majority of our participants do come from outside and they stay at least three nights in town. They eat in restaurants and shop at our stores. And given that it is high tourism season during the conference, I think that we we bring a nice population into town. For KZYX News. I'm Michelle Blackwell. For all our news with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.